What's going on, everyone? Welcome back to the Disney Plus Informer Podcast, your source for all the latest news, rumors, reviews, and more about Disney Plus and beyond. This is episode 61 for the week of March 12th, 2023. I am your host, Justin Eddy, alongside my co-host, Michelle Beck. Hello. Be sure to follow along each and every week as we keep you updated with all the information you need as we cover Disney Plus, Hulu, Marvel, Star Wars, Pixar, and so much more. Let's get started in case you missed it this week. Disney Plus has announced the premiere date and released the trailer for Jeremy Renner's new series, Renovations. Uh, big news of the week, John Bernthal is going to reprise his role as the Punisher in Marvel's new Daredevil Born Again series on Disney Plus. And we've got some new updates on Lucasfilm's upcoming Star Wars movies. Uh, we're going to discuss these stories, let you know what's new on Disney Plus this week, and bring you our top 10 posts for the week in our 10 and 10 News Blast segment, where we fill you in on all the Disney Plus happenings in about 10 minutes. All this and more is coming at you next. Welcome, everybody. Uh, let's kick things off with what's new on Disney Plus this week. Highlights include Miley Cyrus' Endless Summer Vacation Backyard Sessions, Marvel's new Empower series, and uh, the Disney Plus original movie, Chang Can Dunk, which we're going to review later in this episode. Uh, new episodes have also been released uh, for season three, or a new episode has been released for season three of The Mandalorian uh, and season two of Star Wars The Bad Batch. And then uh, we also got Voices Rising, the music of Wakanda Forever on Hulu in the U.S. and on Disney Plus in the U.K., Canada, and Australia. All episodes of Onyx Collective's new series, Unprisoned, starring Kerry Washington, are now streaming. On Hulu in the U.S. and on Disney Plus in Canada and Australia, all eight episodes of Mel Brooks' History of the World Part 2 is now streaming. On Disney Plus in the U.K., Canada, and Australia, the Finding Michael documentary is now streaming. On Disney Plus in Australia, The Banshees of Inishirin is now available to stream. And then, like I said later in this episode, we're going to review uh, Chang and Dunk and also episode two of The Mandalorian, uh, third season of The Mandalorian. So uh, up first, we just watched this trailer and it actually looks pretty cool. Uh, we've got the premiere date. Uh, Jeremy Renner, who you know from The Avengers, obviously, has got a new series called Renovation. So, Michelle, give us the details on this, and also what did you think of the trailer? Okay, so the two-time Academy Award nominee and Marvel superhero joins forces again with Disney Plus for the highly anticipated debut of his four-part original series, Renovations. This is from Disney-branded television, and Renner and his team of expert builders use their skills to reimagine decommissioned vehicles and rebuild them into mind-blowing creations that serve communities around the world. Every build has a purpose. All four episodes of Renovations will premiere on Wednesday, April 12th, exclusively on Disney+. And yeah, we have the trailer and the new poster up on the website if you want to take a look. I think this looks really cool. I mean, I love... It's kind of like uh, one of these rehab home shows only with vehicles, right? Like, uh, And so there's four episodes. And so one is going to be where they're building this mobile music bus and it will feature Vanessa Hudgens. Um, another one is they're building a mobile re uh, water treatment center in India. And that will feature Anil Kapoor. Uh, another one is a building 
of a mobile dance studio in Mexico that features Sebastian Yatra. And then on Reno, they're building a mobile recreation center, and that one will feature Anthony Mackie. It does look pretty cool. Uh, I I do like the take on like it's not just your 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 the type of renovation type show that you're kind of used to on like maybe on what, HGTV or something. So I, I and like... this is something he used to do just on his own time as a hobby, mm-hmm. right? And the, yeah. and then they just turned this into a show. So I think it's really cool. It, it's cool and it's neat that they're doing this. Uh, kind of service like underprivileged uh, areas mm-hmm. or people. So I, I definitely want to check that out. I've always liked him and I'm glad that I know this was filmed before his uh, accident that he had, but I'm glad that he seems to be doing better after all of that too. I so. think they were kind of waiting to release this until he was doing a little bit better too. Yeah. So that's, that's good news. Good stuff. Um, What do we got next? Uh, the big story of the week, John Bernthal is going to reprise his role as the Punisher in Marvel's new Daredevil Born Again series on Disney Plus. And I think that this wasn't like really a secret. Like a lot of people expected that, or there'd been rumors of this happening for a long time. But uh, what are the details on yeah. this? I'm pretty uh, stoked about this because I became a very big fan of the Punisher series. So it's, I, I love that character and I, I love him in it. So like yeah, to see that back. It was rumored for a while, but it was just happy to uh, see the confirmation. So um, if you don't know, uh, Bernthal first played the character of Frank Castle, a.k.a. the Punisher. So Bernthal first played the character in the second season of Netflix's original Daredevil series, which then spawned the Punisher And that was a series which ran for two seasons from 2017 to 2019. Uh, We got a couple other tidbits of information, too, from Variety. Uh, One of the things that they said is Deborah Ann Wool and Eldon Hansen, who played Karen Page and Foggy Nelson in the original Daredevil series, they are not expected to return. Um, So right now it's unclear if they are being recast or just omitted from the story. But then Sandrine Holt, she was confirmed to be cast in the new Daredevil series back in December. We didn't know what role she had, but they said that she could possibly play a love interest for one of the leads. Um, And now they're saying that she is going to play Vanessa Fisk, who is Wilson Fisk's wife. Okay. So they're recasting that role from the original Daredevil series. So we'll just have to wait and see what happens here. But... uh, this is filming right now, and it's expected to continue through November, and uh, it's coming out on Disney Plus uh, spring 2024 is when it's slated for right now. Well, it's a little bit of a bummer if those two are not going to be involved uh, because they I, they were kind of really big parts of, of the original, obviously, Daredevil uh, series. But um, I, I guess, you know... Uh, glass half full mentality is that we've got uh, Bernthal back playing Frank Castle. So I'm pretty happy about that and cannot wait for uh, the new season of Daredevil. So finally, uh, there are some new updates on Lucasfilm's upcoming Star Wars movies, and some of the projects are getting shelved while others are going to be moving forward. So I guess what's what's the dealio there? Okay, so let's pick this apart a little bit. But first of all, I want to talk about... uh, Disney CEO Bob Iger earlier this week talked at the Morgan Stanley Technology Media and Telecom Conference. 
And one of the things he talked about with Star Wars is he talked about the disappointing box office returns in 2018 for Solo. And uh, he said that for future installments of these Star Wars films, that Disney is going to make sure they're very careful uh, moving forward. So that being said, then we have a new report from Variety um, and they talked about some of these upcoming Star Wars projects. So uh, Patty Jenkins, who is the director of Wonder Woman, she was going to direct this new movie called Star Wars Rogue Squadron that was first announced in 2020. It was scheduled to release in theaters in December 2023, but there were some scheduling conflicts with Jenkins. The project was put on the back burner uh, last September, and then it got removed entirely from Disney's release calendar. So the new report is that sources with knowledge of the production say it is no longer an active development at the studio. However, Lucasfilm has not confirmed this, so keep that in mind. Um, they also reported that the possible Star Wars feature produced by Marvel Studios chief Kevin Feige is no longer an active development either. Wow. Uh, Ryan Johnson was also said, uh, you know, he wrote and directed Star Wars The Last Jedi and He's also said that he may be developing his own Star Wars film, but we know he's like really busy with all these other projects. Um, so right now for the foreseeable future, it doesn't look like he's attached to anything. One movie that's moving forward is Academy Award winner Taika Waititi's Star Wars project. He's directing and co-writing this film. Um, and one little new tidbit we got is that uh, he most likely will have a part in this new Star Wars movie as well, similar to uh, what he did in the 2019 Oscar-winning film Jojo Rabbit. So I'm really looking forward to that one. And I then, know you're a big Taika Waititi fan. I am. And that, he's so talented. I, I, like yeah. that he, I like that his is still moving forward. So, And then another contender, and they're saying uh, this could be for the December 2025 Star Wars release slot is Damon Lindelof's film. So uh, he will co-write the new movie along with Justin Britt Gibson. Uh, plot details for that new film are being kept under wraps. However, it will be set after the events of Star Wars The Rise of Skywalker, but the film is not a continuation of the Skywalker saga, but it could feature characters who were introduced in the sequel trilogy. Um, so that one has Oscar winner and Miss Marvel director Charmaine Obey-Chinoy uh, attached to Helm the Project. So uh, I'm thinking uh, Star Wars Celebration takes place next month, starting April 7th Might in get London. Some more details. Uh, they've got a Lucasfilm showcase, and I'm sure we're going to hear a lot more about these projects then. Yeah, so like what Iger said, like kind of made you think that they, like the thought was that they're kind of maybe diluting the uh, the Star Wars uh, water a little too much with what they were doing mm -hmm. and are trying to be a little bit more selective maybe. And kind of like what they're, what they're doing with the Marvel with. too. And and that's fine. And it makes sense. I, I, I know that uh, the, the initial thought was probably, you know, with, with Disney that they paid all those billions of dollars for the Marvel franchise and, and, and the Star Wars franchise. So they had to like start recouping some of that. But you know, they, they went through this booming era of just like releasing these big, huge blockbuster films that did so well. You don't want to, you know, have the fan bases just start to, you know, get a little 
tired of them or whatever. So I, I like the idea. Let's let's be a little bit more selective, and we can all wait a little bit longer for something that's good. Because if they release, they could release a movie every year, and if it's terrible, what good is that? So anyway, uh, as a reminder, you can find links to all of these articles that we've talked about and everything else that we're going to talk about on our website, which is DisneyPlusInformer.com. Now's as good as time as any, Michelle. It's time for the News Blast segment, where we have 10 minutes and you always go first. Ready, set, go. Twas the Night, a musical anthology series, is in the works at Disney Plus from David E. Talbert. In Twas the Night, Santa Claus, now retired to civilian life, indulges his grandchildren in their favorite family tradition, sharing stories of his magical adventures. Only this year, they're not interested in the ones with happy endings. This year, they insist he tell them about that one night, that one fabled night where everything went wrong and the one family who made it right. Daniel Bruhl uh, is set to star as the late fashion designer Carl Lagerfeld in the upcoming Disney Plus original series titled Kaiser Carl. This six-part drama series is based on the biography of the same name by Raphael Baquet, who is attached to the series alongside writers Isar Bassani Ferry and Jennifer Have. Uh, Kaiser Carl will chronicle the rise of Carl Lagerfeld through the world of 1970s Parisian high fashion. In 1972, a 38-year-old Carl Lagerfeld aspired to become the most famous French fashion designer, say that three times fast, at a time when Yves Saint Laurent reigned supreme. Lagerfeld went on to become the head designer and creative director of Chanel, Fendi, and of his own label. A variety reports this series is going to also explore the rivalry between Lagerfeld and Saint Laurent's partner, Pierre Berge, as well as his love story with Jacques de Bacher. You gave me this one because it has a lot of hard names to pronounce, Michelle. I don't know what you're talking Uh, about. Along with depicting the clan rivalries and ego battles of the high fashion world, the series will also portray the epic partying and decadence, tragic love affairs and friendships, which marked Lagerfeld's life. Sounds kind of interesting. Game of Thrones writer Brian Cogman is attached as writer, showrunner, and executive producer of Disney-branded television's new live-action Zorro, that's a working title. Series with Wilmer Val- Valderrama. Valderrama. Yeah. I got it. Attached to star and executive yes. produce. We have not heard about this for a long time, so it's nice to hear uh, some new news about this. But the studio describes Zorro as a bold reimagining of Disney's classic series for a modern audience. An epic adventure rooted in California's rich and diverse history, bursting with humor, sinister intrigue, romantic entanglements and swashbuckling thrills i remember the old zorro movie was that with antonio banderas that was, was, like, that was really good. yeah that was good uh, i'll have to check that out when it comes out uh if you're a fan of the hit comedy series new girl and you're a netflix subscriber you're not going to be able to watch that anymore on there because it's going to be moving to uh, hulu and peacock next month as part of a new agreement All 146 episodes will be available beginning April 17th. Hulu has released the trailer for Tiny Beautiful Things, which will begin streaming on Hulu in the United States and on Disney Plus in many countries, including the United Kingdom, Canada, and Australia on Friday, April 7th. All eight episodes will drop at once. Based on the best-selling collection by Cheryl Strayed, 
Tiny Beautiful Things follows Claire, who is played by Katherine Hahn, a floundering writer who becomes a revered advice columnist while her own life is falling apart. Aside for Katherine Hahn, this series stars Sarah Pigeon, Quentin Blair, uh, Tansy Crawford, with guest stars Owen Painter, Merritt Weber, Elizabeth Hinkler, and Michaela Watkins. So you can check out the trailer on our website, and we have the posters up there as well. Uh, my future to-do list got one item shorter because the Devil in the White City series is no longer moving forward at Hulu. Uh, the streamer had ordered an eight-episode limited series for the drama uh, back in August of last year. Uh, Todd Field was attached to direct and executive produce. Uh, however, he ex he exited the project uh, last October, along with Keanu Reeves, who had been attached uh, to play a character in this. He left it at around the same time. And this also had uh, Leonardo DiCaprio and Martin Scorsese mm -hmm. uh, all kind of on board to uh, either act or, or executive produce in this along with some some others so according to deadline abc signature remains committed to the project and hopes to find a new home however if it's not going on hulu i, I kind of have a hard time thinking about where they would find i home was just it. really disappointed to hear this i it hope was they such have a find great it, but book. I, it, it this this is one of those things that has to be done right so yeah. like don't don't try and do this if you're not going to do it right. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it, 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 it's just a, I, I can picture what it would look like uh -huh. in my head, and it needs to kind of be epic and grandiose, and it needs yeah. to have. I loved Leonardo DiCaprio being attached to it and Keanu Reeves. I was I so feel super like excited something about like, that. I shouldn't say this, but I feel like something like this belongs like on HBO or something. It, it, it could be, yeah. Um, it, so. I don't care where they put it. If they do it right, uh, I will definitely check it out because that's one of the greatest books I've ever read. And uh, just a bummer that, you know, thinking that we were getting close to it because they announced that, like, what was it, back in uh, 2019 that they announced that that, that was like a thing that was going to happen. So uh, we continue to wait. We'll see what happens. According to director James Gunn, Marvel Studios' Guardians of the Galaxy Volume 3 will set a new record for its runtime. Replying to a fan's question on Instagram, Gunn confirmed that Guardians of the Galaxy Volume 3 will be the longest movie in his MCU trilogy. Gunn did not confirm the movie's runtime, but he did reveal that it's longer than 1 and 2. So just for reference, 2014's Guardians of the Galaxy had a runtime of 2 hours and 2 minutes, while Guardians of the Galaxy Volume 2 clocked in at 2 hours and 17 minutes. So this will come out in theaters in the United Kingdom on May 3rd. And then in the U.S., this arrives on May 5th. What? Why did they get it first? It's not fair. Uh, Searchlight Pictures' new musical comedy film, Theater Camp, will release in theaters on July 14th of this year. Uh, the studio acquired the Sundance Crowd Pleaser last January. Uh, Theater Camp is an adaptation of Nick Lieberman's 2020 short film of the same name. It follows longtime best friends who return to an upstate rundown theater camp, which is imperiled when its founder lapses into a coma due to an unfortunate strobe light incident. Her son takes over and he tries to stave off foreclosure, even though he initially has little interest in grease paint and the boards. Uh, this film stars Molly Gordon, Ben Platt, Amy Sedaris, Jimmy Tetro, Patty Harrison, Ayo Edbiri, Owen Thiel, and Minari's. Alan Kim. The feature is directed by Gordon and Nick Lieberman. 
they also wrote the script with Ben Platt and Noah Galvin. James Cameron's Avatar The Way of Water will be available from all major digital retailers, including Prime Video, Apple TV, Vudu, and Movies Anywhere on March 28th. This actually comes with over three hours of bonus footage. So, you know, if you have a day. <laughs> so if you start watching it at 10 a.m., you're done, what, uh, yeah. two days later? Um, so this is one thing that's kind of interesting about this is they have not announced a Disney Plus release date yet. So it's kind of showing that. Uh, uh, not straight to Disney Exactly. Plus it's taking a little bit longer now. So but uh, when it's announced for Disney Plus, we'll keep you updated on that. Finally, for me, uh, 20th Century Studios' new Alien film starring Keely Spaney uh, just began production in Budapest on March 9th. Uh, show joining Spaney in the cast are David Johnson, Archie Renault, Isabella Merced, Spike Fern, and Eileen Wu. Uh, Fetty Alvarez uh, is going to be the director, and this is from a screenplay he wrote with his frequent collaborator, Roto Saigas. Ridley Scott, who directed the original Alien and produced the directed, produced and directed the series entries Prometheus and Alien Covenant, and Michael Pross are producing under their Scott Free banner with Brent O'Connor, Elizabeth Cantillon, and Tom Moran serving as executive producer. This is the ninth entry in the uh, Alien uh, film series. A group in this one, a group of young people on a distant world find themselves. A confrontation with the most terrifying life form in the universe. And that's it. That does it for uh, 10 and 10 News Blast segment, Michelle. Uh, we've got a couple of things to review real quick, and then we're going to get out of here. But uh, I guess we've got two. Uh, we got Mandalorian Season 3, Episode 2, and we got the this one came out of nowhere for me. Chang Can Dunk. Uh, which one do you want to do first? Mando. Mando first. Okay. So episode two, just as good for me as uh, episode one. I'm still loving this, everything about it. I, I just can't seem to get enough. Uh, Michelle, give us a rundown of what uh, what's happening in episode two, season three of The Mandalorian, and then let's uh, score this Phenomenal show. Okay, so that's also known as Chapter 18. The title of it is The Minds of Mandalore. It's about 45 minutes long. The logline is The Mandalorian and Grogu explore the ruins of a destroyed planet, which obviously is Mandalore. Um, the director of this uh, episode was Rachel Morrison. Uh, she's worked on Black Panther in the past. And we see Grogu and Din uh, make their way to Mandalore. Remember, he has to bathe in the quest. living waters to uh, redeem himself. And uh, this was nonstop action. Uh, there's a lot of creatures in here that they have to battle and fight. Um, and I like that we, we're seeing Grogu. It looks like he's becoming more force sensitive, or uh, looks like that time with Luke paid off. He's uh, yeah, he, he's not the he's, he's not the little creature the that just needs to be protected anymore. He's uh, capable of uh, taking care of some business and and you know lending a helping hand when necessary. <laughs> My only gripe about this episode is it was kind of dark, and in a lot of these action sequences, it was kind of hard to. See, it kind of reminded me of some of those Game of Thrones episodes that were really dark, oh, don't and where you, me. <laughs> where you're like really like trying to see what's going on, and it's just kind of dark. That's my only gripe. 
Um, uh, one of the things uh, people are talking about online is uh, Grogu. Uh, uh, Peli uh, Moto is in this, uh, who's played by Amy Sedaris. They mm-hmm. go revisit her again, and Grogu kind of does this little force jump somersault into her arms, which, I don't know, they feel yeah. like they could have done a little bit better on that. But anyway, and uh, uh, she thinks he says her his, says his first word, which is patu. Yeah. <laughs> Bless <laughs> what you. that means, I have no idea. But uh, people have pointed out that that's not Grogu's first time he said that. He said patu. Whether that's his first word, I don't know. Maybe Is that actual speak or is that just like... Just a cute little, yeah, just cute little noise he makes, maybe. Um, One of the things I want to talk about is the the mythosaur. So uh, this is a creature that we see uh, uh, Din battling, and uh, Bo-Katan is actually in this episode, too. And this is a mythical creature that was once thought to be extinct and Mm -hmm. like part of the Mandalore folklore or whatever like that. So this is like a big thing that this creature made an appearance in this. And then one more thing that I want to talk about, and this actually doesn't, isn't pertaining to this episode, but maybe uh, for the last episode in episode one. And that's when uh, Grogu and Din and they visit Navarro, which is a very different planet than what it was. And Grief and Din are walking and they see these pirates mm-hmm. and they're trying to get in to this, what they think is a bar, what used oh, to yeah. be a bar and now it's a school mm-hmm. and uh, Grief and Din have to kind of like fight them off and, yeah, their little standoff. And, right. Yeah. So now the new news about this is this pirate crew could be um, uh, seen again in the new Skeleton Crew series oh. that's supposed to come out on Disney Plus uh, later this year. This is a spinoff of The Mandalorian. And this series is being called kind of like Stranger Things in Space or uh, taking its place where a teacher... Um, and his students get lost in the galaxy and they're trying to find their way back, kind of like a Goonies or an 80s film. Uh, but Jude Law is said to be a teacher in this. And people are saying maybe that is Jude Law school. And because the, the pirates are supposed to be the main villain and the skeleton crew, maybe those are the pirates. Maybe that's setting something up. I don't know. But uh, it's worth noting <laughs> that maybe little, there's something going on there. Interesting, like Easter egg continuation yeah. thing or whatever. Okay, that, that that could be. So I just, I know I went back to episode one, but going back to episode two, I'm giving this a nine. I'm giving this a nine as, as well. You mentioned that it was about 45 minutes or whatever, and I couldn't believe when, when I watched this episode, uh, instantly it was over, and I, I, I'm like, what like I thought this was like it just it flew by so fast because it was like so action packed. I was completely captivated the entire time. And what more can you ask for from a show that you're watching and enjoying than uh, you just lose all sense of time while you're watching it? Nine for me. This was great. I loved. Um, I loved how Grogu uh, kind of you know ventures on his own a little bit in this uh in this episode to uh, he's not help as helpless out. as you might think he you know yeah yeah the, you know he he kind of saved the help save the day for uh for mando in this so uh it, it just continues to impress me this is my favorite uh star wars thing uh you know in in the past and present uh so mandalorian I, i'm a huge fan i love it uh nine for me nine for michelle and now our other review, and this 
I'm going to be completely honest. Before I watched this, I gave it a score in my head of like probably ranging from two and a half to three and a half. I wasn't really thinking that it was going to be what it ended up being. And I am, I am not too proud to admit that I was completely wrong. And I implore anyone that would look at this and just pass it over is like, oh, I, this, this wouldn't be for me. And that's Chang can dunk. And I was wrong. Michelle, uh, talk a little bit about Chang can dunk and then we'll discuss a little bit more about why I was wrong. Yeah, this exceeded my expectations as well. I was just kind of, uh, thinking it's just, a typical, uh, teen teeny, te- high school, teeny bopper uh, type movie. Of high but school anyway, movie, yeah. let me read the synopsis here, but Chang Ken Dunk follows Chang, a 16-year-old Asian-American high school student in the marching band who bets the school basketball star that he can dunk by homecoming. That bet leads the 5'8 Chang on a quest to find the hops he needs to dunk in order to impress his crush Christy and finally gain the attention and respect of his high school peers. But before he can rise up and truly throw one down... He'll have to re-examine everything he knows about himself, his friendships, and his family. So I love the way this is edited. It's done so cleverly. Agreed. Um, and those uh, that are into social media and YouTube videos and editing and stuff like that are really going to appreciate this. Um, but it's not just about basketball. It's not about this simple uh bet that he made but it's got lots and lots of layers to it it does um so i was not expecting that at all a uh, newcomer bloom lee who plays chang does an exceptional job um I, th- I feel like we can all connect with him we feel his emotions um it's just he, yeah. he well one thing i really thought that they did a great job of of it, it, it you know it, it's a it's a not a complex, you know, story on on the face of it, but they they really do a good job of of kind of like putting you know layers to this character and, and motivations. It's just it's a very inspiring. Uh, the story being like, okay, this kid wants to learn how to dunk. Like, okay, that doesn't seem like anything that's like super out there, but like just like. The inspiration that that gives you watching what he goes through to to get to to reach his goals is, is just like it's something that's it, the way they did it, it, it they nailed it absolutely. Nailed I agree it. with you. They did nail it. Um, it's got a really good soundtrack as well. I just want to yeah. mention that. And there is you can download the soundtrack on all digital platforms. That's available now too. Um, one of the things that I said I did a written article on the website. You can read that at all. But I said that this story is not about winning a simple dunk bet. It's about self-discovery, redemption, forgiveness, second chances, and ultimately believing in yourself is the biggest win of all. I really stand by that. Um, I'm, we're not going to tell you if he can dunk or if he can't dunk, and that's really not the whole point of the story, but the movie is a slam dunk, and that's what counts. The, 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 the Chang can dunk, like, you know, the, the the dunking can be a metaphor for succeeding in in, in mm-hmm. life and in, in all aspects for him. Uh, and, you know, I'm a basketball fan, so, like, seeing that, like, all all put into the story was really cool like the training montages and stuff yeah. that he was going through 
really well done. I I love the 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 character of that played his uh, his coach trying to teach him how to dunk. I I love the story between you know Chang and his mother mm-hmm. and their relationship. It, it it was a really really good movie, and for that reason, I'm giving Chang can dunk an eight point five. I'm giving it a nine, it, it, and just because it surprised me so much about how much I really enjoyed it. And one thing. Right as soon as we stopped watching, you go, that was so good. I'd watch it again. And that spoke monuments to me because with so many things to watch right now, how many times do you watch like things for a second time? So for when you said that, I really want to watch it again. I'm like, well, you must have really liked it. Yeah, it's very rare that I would. Even a movie I really, really like, I I would rarely say like, oh, I'm going to go watch that again. But like this, maybe because it surprised me so much with just the overall quality and how good it was, I, I would definitely watch this again. And I guarantee that so many people would probably just uh, breeze right past this while they're scrolling through looking for something to watch. But again, Chang can dunk. Check it out. It's worth your time. Really good movie. And I I think it's just as good for, you know, adults as it would be for the teens. Yeah, um, yeah. It, so definitely check it out. That is going to do it for this episode. Thank you so much for uh, joining us this week. Please take a moment to rate, review, and subscribe to our podcast. We would totally appreciate that. Be sure to visit our website, DisneyPlusInforma.com, for all the latest news, rumors, reviews, release schedules, and more. You can reach out to us at podcast at DisneyPlusInforma.com. Also, follow us uh, on Twitter at MoreDisneyPlus. Stop by and visit our Facebook page. Until next time, we will see you later. See you later. Bye. Bye.